It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And by the way, we have just steamrolled past episode 950 on the podcast, so we are on the road to 1,000. And I have to say, I'm not going to go back through every single episode of the podcast, but I do feel like this week that we've had or the last couple of weeks that we've had might be almost the craziest in Locked On Bucks history. It's been a a really bizarre week. And I mentioned this to you before we started recording, Frank, but the strange situation that we're in right now is the last time we actually podcasted together, we did the emergency podcast for the Drew Holiday trade. We were uh, cautiously cautiously excited because Drew Holiday, we knew, made the Bucks better, but we had all these draft picks there as well. Uh, We speculated maybe Bogdan Bogdanovich could come, but I think overall we were in a positive mindset now, two days later, it's like, I want to be positive about Drew Holiday, but this Bogdan Bogdanovich absolute disaster is just a dark cloud over everything right now. I don't even know where you want to start, but the Bogdan Bogdanovich, for those that haven't somehow been caught up on this, the Bogdanovich deal seems dead. This just really feels like an absolute disaster. Yeah, it's one of the strangest... Um free agent sagas I can, I can recall. And you, you brought this up to me um, before, before we got on that uh, one of his agents, Jason Ranney, or at least, and again, I'm just going off like what's listed on real GM. <laughs> Jason Ranney was also the agent for Marcus Morris, who famously was going to sign with the Spurs. The Spurs gave away um, 
Davis Bertans for nothing to the <laughs> to the Wizards <laughs> to enable them to make that move. And then he backed out and didn't sign with them. And then um, the other one being that Nemanja Bialica, you guys might remember this. Remember when Ursan, we'll get to him in a moment, Ursan signed his contract. And I forget what Bialica got from the Sixers, but it was a lot less money. And I remember, you know, Eric and I at the time were like, why are you making Ursan Elisova, you know, your 1201 clearly tampered with, (laughs) 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 you know, right at the dawn of free agency, right? Like, sit back you do not need to prioritize and use your you know at the time i mean that was more than that was part of the 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 non-tax mle so you guys might recall the bucks hard capped themselves in that summer as well um which meant that there were there were limitations on what they could match for jabari parker which of course is ironic to look back now because you know thank god they that didn't become an issue but um but bielitsa then ended up basically backing out of that deal saying he's going to go to europe and then ended up signing for more money with, with Sacramento. So there, there's a lot of like, you know, shady, uh, will they, won't they stuff, uh, smoke around, uh, Bogdanovich's agent. Um, which is kind of shocking that, you know, like you get away with doing business like that in the NBA. Cause geez, I mean, you better have good players cause you know, teams are, I mean, GMs are, you don't want to deal with that, that, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, it's, it's just really hard to tell exactly like, who screwed up what? And I think the only, I mean, the only thing you can say is that, like you said, I mean, it's, it's a huge egg on the face of at this point, everybody, you know, whether the the bucks were the ones that leaked the news to Woj who, which really kind of set this all off. Right. I mean, Kevin O'Connor, I think when the, at the time that we were podcasting, I think maybe only the KOC tweet Mm -hmm. had come out about that, you know, basically that there was like motion towards doing this. Um, And then, Woj an hour later after Shams had gotten the holiday story, Woj gets the other Buck story and, you know, throws it out there like it's a done deal. Right. And, um, you know, apparently that raised the ire of a lot of GMs who are of course also, you know, tampering and talking to, you know, agents about deals well before free agency. Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's weird. And, and the other part of this too, that makes it such a strange story is, I mean, this is, this is really like, I would say more or less like a victimless tampering incident. <laughs> like, um, usually, usually these incidents involve like, you know, a team trying to talk about, do stuff with uh, another team's player. And that team's like, Hey, you know, you can't do that. Like, don't try to poach our guy. In this case, the Bucks and Kings seemingly worked out a deal together. It's not like the Bucks <laughs> were negotiating a contract with Bogdan behind the Kings back seems like at a minimum those the two teams were actually aligned and then who knows what happened with Bogdan and his agent my most plausible theory is that you know basically there was the teams were talking there was a some degree of three-way dialogue and you know I don't know if his agent um fully apprised you know Bogdanovich of like potential bigger offers but, you know, there's been now talk of, you know, does he have potentially bigger money offers from the Hawks or whoever else, right? Maybe not the Hawks with this Gordon Hayward stuff. Well, now maybe Hayward's going to the Knicks. I don't know. I don't even know what's going on with that. But um, but in any case, there's there's just a lot of, like, weird smoke coming in so many directions. And um, my, my best guess is, you know, they were working some deal out, as teams do. This is just especially weird because it's a sign and trade of a restricted free agent, which is just a very, very odd thing to be working on before free agency because usually again teams usually are like you know trying to if you have a good restricted free agent you're like hoping that team doesn't 
you're hoping he doesn't get big mm-hmm. offers and you can kind of stare down the other teams and, you know, and then maybe, maybe you get him on a good deal. Right. I mean, that's what the Kings probably should have been doing with Bogdanovich, but instead they seem ready to move on and make a deal with the Bucks. And of course, you know, Sacramento side as I think they pretty much denied this stuff from the get go. Cause probably they realized, you know, they couldn't be doing that. Um, you know, keep in mind the Kings were also not allowed to negotiate with Bogdan and Bogdanovich. And again, this is like a stupid NBA rule that like you can't negotiate with your own restricted free agents before free agency starts. Like it's a totally arbitrary thing. Like why? Like every, every team's doing this, you know, like it's the 1201 signings, especially, you know, guys resigning, but not only you can't do that either. So it's just a, it's just a very bizarre situation again. So my, my best guess is, you know, Bogdanovich probably wanted to come to Milwaukee. The deal parameters were discussed. And then at some point, you know, they got wind that other teams were maybe willing to offer more and, you know, whether it was bugged on his agent, some combination, you know, people got cold feet. And once it was out there, then, you know, it became obviously a big, big spectacle because people then when Woj tweets it, you know, it's going to happen. Um, and so, you know, again, where did the leak come from? You know, his agent, maybe, but I, I don't know. I mean, again, like people are obviously you know, looking at the box and saying, Jesus guys, like, did you guys leak this freaking thing and, and shoot yourselves in the foot? Um, because let's be honest, like the bucks have a, a t- I mean, some of their, t- you know, like the tampering stuff with Giannis last year. I mean, that, that's obviously like, that was just stupid. That was like a, that's a stupid rule, right? Like you're going to get a tampering fine for saying that you're going to offer your MVP, the Supermax. Like why, why is that a tampering <laughs> fine? It's, it's absurd. Right. Um, and but, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like at some level though, it's also like, you know, you got to be smarter than this. Everybody, right. Tell the damn agent, like shut the F off and don't talk about this. You know, the first rule of NBA tampering is, you know, don't be too egregious with it. Um, but again, it's, it's just amazing how much, you know, it's, it's just, it just seems very arbitrary, obviously where the lines are drawn. And obviously, you know, again, and I know that a lot of Bucks fans are especially, raw about this because it's like you know again pretty much victimless crime like the only team that 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 that's really like hurt by this are maybe teams that either wanted to pay Bogdanovich more money which is not the Kings or teams that just want to basically try to you know see the Bucks get screwed up and you know they're they want Giannis and and they're just trying to make the Bucks life more difficult right um so I don't know I mean it's it's very frustrating I think you could feel frustration towards Bogdanovich's agent um, maybe the Kings, I guess, but I think you can certainly feel frustrated with the Bucks that somehow, you know, they turned, you know, somehow they were a party to something that obviously has gone very, very wrong. And, you know, we'll get to Ursan, but today when they waived Ursan, they certainly seem to indicate that, you know, even though there's, there, in theory, there might be still ways to pull off a sign and trade with some other complicated moves, like re-signing and trading Pat Connaughton or something else like that. Um, I think that certainly indicated that the Bucks were, you know, not going to pursue Bogdanovich and probably because if they did, you know, they would get hit with something. And, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about what, what type of fines they could get. Um, I thought it was interesting. Larry Kuhn tweeted out that this probably was more a case of circumvention if the Kings were the ones, you know, kind of doing the middlemanning with Bogdanovich because he was their own free agent. Um, but, you know, that's kind of neither here nor there. And, you know, all we know is the league's going to investigate and, um, I would say if Bogdanovich doesn't come here, then I can't imagine they're going to like lose a draft pick or something like that. But again, who knows? They may get fined again, which again would put the Bucks in this weird position of 
getting fined for really accomplishing nothing <laughs> yet again. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Built Bar, Frank, uh, the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. It's new and improved. About two months ago, I reckon, Built Bar came out with uh, six new flavors to add to the 12 originals uh, of the six new flavors. Personally, I like the cookies and cream. The carrot cake is there as well. I don't know uh, how you're feeling, but you can go either way there. And then 12 original flavors, including coconut, almond, uh, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, uh, double chocolate. You, you can just keep going down the list. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And I feel like Bucks fans right now, a little bit stressed, a little bit down on energy. Uh, a built Bar might be the thing to get you going again. And the best thing about it, uh, great for the health conscious guy or girl. Lose maintain weight, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And the deal we have for you is a beauty. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for 20% off at builtbar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mark Stein, uh, just to be clear, has tweeted out here in the last couple of hours that the the league has officially opened up an investigation, very dramatic stuff here, into this uh, tampering situation between the Bucks and the Kings. And you mentioned that outside uh that these two teams are the only ones working together here so it's not like this is a typical tampering investigation that we're looking at um but it is clearly this mess right now and where it's at regardless of of where the leak came out uh, there has to be uh blame shared everywhere here i mean sure one person obviously potentially has has really leaked this and the whole details of the deal and said that it's a done deal because I know that a lot of Bucks fans are angry at Woj and saying, you know, this guy tweeted this out. But it's very strange to me that that this this man never ever re- reports stuff like this. So there's a lot of tweets going out about the 1201 deals. Like we know, I mean, tampering happens. Like if you want to call it that, the negotiations happen prior to free agency. This is nothing new. But the difference is that in in other situations, you will have reports like the KOC one, the Kevin O'Connor one where he says the Bucs are expected to pursue Bogdanovich. We've known that for weeks. Zach Lowe reported that at the start of November. The difference here was that Woj came out and said, this is the deal, it's done, and everyone all of a sudden uh, said that this was fact. And again, I, I mentioned it yesterday, but this is where opposition teams, as you said, uh, Frank, want to get in on the Giannis sweepstakes. They want everything to burn to the ground in Milwaukee so they can get a chance at Giannis. So they're going to get involved here, and they would not have been able to do that if the it was just reported as uh, this might happen. The Bucks might sign Bogdan Bogdanovic. So at the end of the day, this came out four uh, days too early, and no matter where the leak came from, this is just a disaster for the Bucks, and and. They couldn't afford to let this happen because now they are in a strange situation where I think everyone looked at the package in combination with Drew Holiday, the draft picks, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and said, well, okay, look, 
the Bogdanovich deal is an absolute steal. The Drew Holiday deal, you're probably giving up way too many picks. But if you get Holiday to extend, Giannis looks like he's going to sign the Supermax. Happy days. Everyone's happy with that. The Bucs are a better team next year and a chance to win the title. Now, I have no idea what is going to happen. And you, I think as a Bucs fan, you've got every right to feel certainly angry, certainly a, a little bit scared as well as to what's going to go down in the next few days. And I just can't, I just can't wrap my head around what the possibilities are. But the important thing to note here in regards to the Bucs right now in 2021 and Giannis in 2021 it doesn't look like they're going to get Bogdanovich. You said that there's some, look, it, it can happen. There's, there's some possible way that it can happen, but it would take some extreme uh, hurdles, getting over some extreme hurdles here to make this happen. And that just means that the Bucks are more than likely going to be worse next year. And that's the worst possible result. And I, I we've had a number of people uh, tweet at me and tweet at the show today, Frank. So I'm going to throw it to you to explain what this means. I think it's kind of obvious uh, in, in a lot of ways, but there's certainly some other things that can happen here. But the waving of Ursan Ilyasova, oh my goodness. I remember a couple of days ago on the podcast, Frank, you said, if the Bucks wave Ursan Ilyasova at this point after Robin Lopez declined his $5 million option, you might be able to accuse the owners of, of looking pretty cheap here. Not a good look right now. No, I mean... The Ursan, I mean, the Ursan decision is really complicated because I think, I mean, for me, I would look at it and say, well, you know, you clearly were open to trading Dante DiVincenzo and, you know, those other, there's a couple other um, expiring pieces, Ursan and uh, DJ. Um, and now you decided not to, or well, now you aren't because of, <laughs> because of this trade falling apart. Um, and so, yeah, you take Ursan out of there. Again, it's not impossible to figure out some way to do a Bogdanovich deal, but certainly the, the higher his number has to be if he has better offers, things like that, then it just becomes, um, you know, more complicated. Um, but, uh, you know, Ursan could still be moved in some other deal, right? You could still package him up with, you know, Dante DiVincenzo and I don't know, something else. I don't know. Again, if, if the Nets don't, don't deal Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, that salary would match for Spencer Dinwiddie, right? I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea what, what Spencer Dinwiddie's, you know, market is or whatever. Um, but, uh, but you know, the, the salary slots are really important. And this, this is kind of one of the things, you know, when you look at back at like the Malcolm Brogdon decision, right? Um, the Brogdon decision was in part really important, even if you didn't really want Brogdon around long-term, you know, being able to sign him kind of would have given the Bucks a really big salary slot for a player that would have been, you know, movable at that point, right? I mean, unless he, he suffered an, like another like major injury or something, um, you know, you could have dealt Brogdon and cut like a bigger trade, right? Like a, like a Chris Paul trade would have been way easier if he had Brogdon as a as a trade chip. A Bogdan Bogdanovich trade would have been way easier if uh, if if you had that as a trade chip, right? You could have pretty much done like a straight up like Brogdon for Bogdanovich type deal if if the Kings had wanted that. Um, because it's kind of this funny situation, right? Like when you think about the cap, you know. When you look at the teams that are over the cap, or sorry, you know, way over the cap near the tax, things like that, it's usually because you've drafted well and you've kept players and then they've gotten better and then you've signed them much bigger contracts because that's how you get over the cap, right? You need exceptions. Like you can't just, you know, create a bunch of cap space and then be in the luxury tax the next year, right? Like you have to, you have to get guys at lower amounts and then re-sign them for higher amounts using like bird rights and things like that. So um it, it, once you're once you're not in that position, it, it kind of becomes harder to kind of you know keep those slots open because again, Brogdon was one of those guys. He was a cheap player, and then he was going to sign a big contract, and the Bucks could have signed him for you know whatever because he was their own bird free agent last summer. 
So when you, you lose that, then you have just, you know, again, you have a lower salary base and you have kind of fewer chips to, to potentially move, especially obviously good players. Right. Um, so anyway, it's just a, it's just a really complicated chess game. And I think, you know, the Bucks deciding not to um, keep Urson, the obvious, the, the, the obvious trade-off here is um, you take that $7 million off. The, the reason, I think the reason the Bucks would do it is, is two, two things, right? One of them is, I think fans would say, okay, that's a reasonable thing. Another, fans are going to say, you know, F you, you're cheap, which is one, you actually open up the possibility that you could actually stand with the luxury tax, right? Which again, ownership has said that they are willing to spend the tax, right? Like every ownership group, they always say they're willing to spend the tax. You know, how many actually do? Well, far fewer, right? So one, you give yourself at least a chance to not pay the tax. And two, the other flip side of that is you increase the likelihood that you can use more of your mid-level exception without hitting the hard cap, right? So, so you know, if you use the, the taxpayer mid-level you're not going to be um, subject to the hard cap, especially now that you haven't done the sign and trade. So sign and trade or using the biannual exception or using the mid-level exception, all those things trigger the hard cap, which would be about 139 million this year. So if you, um, you know, if you're in a position where you are going to be hard capped, then obviously having a $7 million contract on your roster is problematic, right? Because it means, it's harder, you know, it's, it's harder to stay under that, that hard cap number. So the odds of being able to use your full mid-level, for instance, you know, that's higher if, if you get rid of Urson, right? So, so that's the upside. You know, if you hear the Bucks as an organization say, well, why'd you do that? Well, it's because we wanted to sign somebody with the full MLE. That would be the rationale, at least, if, <laughs> that I would give. You know, I wouldn't be saying like, oh, yeah. we didn't want to pay the tax, right? Um, that said, it, does, it doesn't mean that the Bucks are, are definitely going to be able to avoid the tax, um, but other things sort of like kind of come into play now um, that, that are going to be interesting. And um, one thing, and I think, I think CJ Robinson, our uh, friend of the pod, I think he, he tweeted at us, and, and he's right that, that the other day when I was talking about some of the numbers, I was including in Drew Holiday's numbers the uh, likely bonuses, but not as unlikely bonuses, which actually matters when you're doing this hard cap discussion. Because again, the hard yeah, cap the can't be can't be exceeded for any reason. Um, so Drew had these unlikely bonuses for reasons that are, I'm not going to get into, but basically teams can kind of use un, quote unquote unlikely bonuses um, set at certain levels to kind of get lower cap numbers, but the player can still maybe make that money later. Anyway, whatever. But for a hard cap, you have to factor it in. It's actually not counted. If he doesn't reach the bonuses, it's not counted in the, the ta- to figure out if you actually, you know, hit the tax. So the Bucks are in a position. I mean, I haven't found a, 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 a source that I can, a few years ago, his unlikely bonuses were 3.7 million. So I was just running some scenarios where, you know, you round up his 26.2 million to $30 million salary, which again is, is probably not what they're going to pay him, but it has to be used that way for this hard cap calculation. So you could get in this position where the Bucks bump up against the hard cap, even though their actual payroll is almost $4 million under the, the, the hard cap number. Um, now in that scenario, they would still be over the tax, which is about 132.6 million. Um, but there, there are all these kind of like weird scenarios. Um, and I think you know, I was just kind of doing the math. I mean, if the bucks use the full mid level and like the, the biannual, and then basically just fill out the roster with minimum contracts, otherwise, um, they're going to be like literally right at the hard cap using that $30 million number. So this really becomes the litmus test for why, you know, we're going to find out in not that long. <laughs> why the Bucks really did this and whether they're really willing to pay the tax. Because 
you know, if, if they now spend, um, if they use the, the tax pyramid level, which again, won't, won't hard cap them, um, and gives them a little more flexibility in terms of, um, you know, that, uh, and they don't use the biennial exception, which also would hard cap them. Um, they would be able to duck the tax in some scenarios. Um, and, uh, and again, if that happens, uh, then you can say, yes, this is all just cost cutting and waving our son was just cost cutting. And, you know, you weren't willing to use your, your, your full mid level and all that. If they do use those, then obviously the calculus becomes, well, you lost the trade chip, but you went out and used the full mid level, which you wouldn't have been able to do. And, you know, Kevin Pelton wrote, he, he had sort of the, um, you know, if people want to feel a little bit better about being a Bucks fan, um, he actually kind of made the point that, you know, uh, the fact that you don't get Bogdanovich, you know, you, you obviously keep DiVincenzo, who's obviously a useful rotation piece. And then on top of that, um, you know, you can go out and spend, uh, it's, you know, a little over $9 million starting salary on a mid-level guy. And again, I don't think that, you know, I don't think you're going to get a guy who's as good as Bogdanovich who fits like Bogdanovich would have. Um, but you at least have, have the potential to do that. Right. Um, you can also still sign Pat Connaughton using early bird rights for pretty much anything that Connaughton might reasonably get, you know, up to 10 million is the early bird right limit roughly. Um, obviously he's not going to get that, but if you want to give Pat Connaughton $5 million, like, you know, again, you can do that provided that, you know, this, this other hard cap stuff kind of doesn't, doesn't uh, come into play. Um, so anyway, so it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a really complicated situation. I've probably talked way too much about those different things, but again, if, you know, I, I tweeted about, I think a week ago, right. That the Ursan decision was kind of the, the sneaky pivot point of what the buck strategy this summer would be as far as free agency versus trades. And, um, you know, we still don't know exactly what that means. Um, whether they're just trying to save money or whether, um, they actually do want to sign someone for the full mid-level, um, which, you know, again, is, is going to be really competitive for the full mid-level because, you know, there aren't that many teams, especially not good teams that have more than the mid-level to spend. And a lot of teams are obviously hoarding cash for next summer. Um, so you could potentially get a, a, a good player. And I don't offhand have like the list of free agents in front of me, but uh, I haven't been able to like move on to thinking of <laughs> mid-level targets because I feel like we're still talking about that really not being an option. But um, but yeah, there's potentially some players you could get, but, but, you know, we'd have to figure out, you have to figure out obviously who that would be. Um, and then, yeah, you may have the biennial exception. You could potentially use that on a guy like, you know, Wes Matthews, for instance, um, if you wanted to pay him more than, um, you know, the 3.1 million, which you could offer him as, as a non-bird free agent or, or just the regular minimum. So um, the Bucks have more flexibility in some regards uh, in terms of signing guys with exceptions, but they also now have less flexibility in terms of trades and, um, yeah, I would, I would say, I mean, I think probably the big thing is, you know, Dante DiVincenzo's future in Milwaukee is probably way safer now than it was obviously a few days ago when we thought he was being traded, but the odds of him being moved, he's just a harder piece to move right now. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll see, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's complicated. And probably the person I feel worse for in all, worse for in all this, like Drew Holiday now, like everybody, every. <laughs> It's it's kind of interesting. It's like if you had told people a week ago that the Bucks would trade, you know, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill and picks and get Drew Holiday, people would probably be would have been like really excited about that. And now people are just like so mad, and it just seems like so many people in my timeline are like you know hate the trade, hate the Holiday trade now because you know 
and, and look, I, I like the idea of kind of pairing him with Bogdanovich, but you know, I mean, Drew, I, I, in a vacuum, I still feel better about, you know, Drew Holiday being my starting point guard than Eric Bledsoe, obviously. Um, and, and again, not to, not to, you know, dismiss the huge price the Bucks paid in terms of those draft picks. Um, but as long as I kind of put my blinders on and focus on, you know, the next couple of years, which is what, you know, that's what it is, right? Like I, I was, you know, avoiding the luxury tax and trying to not trigger the repeater tax. I mean, guys, the window is now <laughs> like the window is now Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Drew holiday. These guys are not getting better. Giannis may hopefully will continue to get better, but if you're not willing to do everything, put all the chips in the table, which you, the Bucks seem to be willing to do, you know, earlier this week, if now they're pivoting a little bit and trying to get cute and not pay the tax again, I mean, you know, it's just that that's just, it's, it's super frustrating to say at least, I think if you're a fan to, to get that message, but again, We'll see. The book is, is certainly not closed on that, but um, let's just say that Ilya Silva decision is a really interesting one, and at a minimum, it suggests that certainly the the they're probably not looking at the trade market as a way to kind of make more deals. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we spoke about Ersan Salary extensively over the last month or so, saying that it was really difficult to figure out what you're going to do, particularly in the Bucks financial situation, because if you guarantee that deal, then you probably want to have a, a trade lined up. And that's why this Bogdanovich situation was so convenient, because you could use the salary as a really important uh, salary filler there, a nice number at $7 million, particularly after the fact that Robin Lopez declined his option, which caught us a little bit off guard as well. Yeah, maybe he didn't want to end up in Sacramento. Maybe that's part of all this as well. So uh, again... If you, if you don't have a deal lined up for Ersan, it is maybe, it's an expiring contract. I mean, I'm sure you could move it, but again, you might have to play the game in your head and say, okay, well, we were going to trade Ersan for Bogdan Bogdanovich. If we, uh, are we going to get a return in a trade for Ersan and potentially Dante DiVincenzo that's going to be better than a player we're targeting with the mid-level anyway? Maybe not. So, so those obviously are the things that we're looking at here and who the Bucks can get. And as far as free agents go with the mid-level, uh, all the guys we've spoke about. Obviously, Gallinari is there, but there's going to be a huge market for him. And there's talk about a sign and trade there as well, potentially. So Gallinari might be off the market. And then it, it becomes, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of okay players, but uh, I think in terms of fit on the Bucks roster, uh, positional need, it, it is a little bit difficult to find a player that's going to bring the quality that Bogdanovich would have. And that's why it, it is a little bit disappointing here. The, there's no doubt about that. But I, I think... More than anything, it's difficult to be still as enthused as we were about Drew Holiday because there's this building anxiety about what this means for Giannis. Because I, I think 
if you were hoping to ex- extend him this offseason, which everyone was, uh, you did not want to paint the picture of an organization that has uh, just completely botched a-, a trade in the absolute worst way. And again, more details are going to come out about this, but the timing of this happening literally three days before Giannis is eligible to extend his deal, it, it couldn't actually be any worse. I mean, it, there's just no possible way it could be worse. So uh, if we look at the team right now, and, and if you're Giannis, you could still sit back and say, yeah, th- this is a better team than last year. And Drew Holiday is a big upgrade. And I, I don't want to completely overlook that. But it's just a little bit hard to take your eyes away from the car crash that's right in front of you, which is this trade that has come out and, and been reported here. So... Uh, it is important. A lot of people have asked Frank, and so you went through a bunch of caps stuff there. But a lot of I've seen a lot of people ask on Twitter, well, why don't we, why don't we just uh, offer him more? We've lost Ersan's money. It's more cap space. That's not the way it works. The bucks are already over the cap, so uh, you can't just simply say, well, that's seven million dollars in cap space. It doesn't work that way. Uh, unfortunately, with the way the bucks are situated in regards to the salary cap, so uh, kind of crazy to even think about right here. But we're not going to have to wait very long. And potentially, as some of you guys are listening to this podcast, free agency is going to be open. So 6 p.m. Eastern time on Friday is when free agency begins. I'm very, very, very curious to see what kind of deals, if any, come out and what kind of news we hear about Bogdanovich uh, tomorrow or today, again, depending on when you're listening to this, to see who is the suitors. You mentioned the Hawks. They've been a team that potentially could go there. The Knicks are another team that has cap space. Maybe the Knicks are interested in Bogdanovich. So we will wait and see with how this plays out. And it is important to note, contracts can be signed by the 22nd. So another two days, unless I've got this wrong, Frank, you can correct me when Giannis will be eligible. The 22nd, not the 20th. Oh, I don't even know. I, 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 it's it's soon. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, it's just kind of weird, though, right? Because it's. I, I feel like people have been hoping that. You know, I understand that. I think people in the last 24 hours probably were sitting around hoping that you know somehow the the Bogdanovich situation would resolve and the deal would be back on. But it's like, you know, even if they wanted to put this deal back on, <laughs> they'd have to fake the smoke screen at a minimum. And now, certainly, I think it. It does not look like it is. It is a smokescreen anymore now that the the Ilya Silva um, waiver uh, has been reported. So, um, so yeah. Um, and they even put out the thank you, the thank you tweet from the oh box, which would seem to suggest that there's no uh, illusion of bringing back her son on a minimum contract or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, which is like probably a, for, probably like for a the funeral. Best, they're like I don't, three stiff. Three yeah, stiff. Thank really you trust, very much. I'm like, look, he's going to be yeah. back in a year. Just relax, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really trust Bud to not play. Or I mean, he didn't <laughs> towards the end of the season, obviously. So yeah. shout out to Bud for yeah, for benching yeah, yeah. him when they got Marvin. But um, yeah, man, Marvin, wait, come on back, Marvin. Water's warm. There's there's playing time to be had. Come on. Um, uh, that's making me sad. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, he should probably he should probably just wait until like you know March or something, and then say, all right, I've had a I've had a nice long off season. I'll, I'll come back and play. Um, what 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 else what else is, is there out there? I don't know. We could probably talk for two hours about this. It's just a bizarre, bizarre story. But um, but yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I I mean, it's really interesting, right? Because I mean, the Bucks seemingly, I mean, again, like what what else did the Bucks have sort of in their quiver for kind of fallbacks? Is is obviously not a question. And um, you know, what are they going to do with the mid level? Um, you know, do they use part of it on Wes Matthews and some somebody else or something like that? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't find that 
super exciting lesson. <laughs> I, I would much like to get Wes Matthews for less and not have to use part of the mid-level. Um, Cause then at that point, obviously you're not going to get one of the kind of more prime free agent targets, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. And I mean, here, here's some, some upside, I guess, with Drew Holiday, you know, again, I thought Bogdanovich was a really nice fit with him. Um, but Drew's, I mean, Drew's a very malleable kind of piece, right? Again, just because of the defense, the fact that he can play, you know, off ball or on ball. Um, I'm, I'm very curious what the Bucks are going to do sort of at the guard spot. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, do they get, uh, do they go for a guy who's, you know, more of a combo guard shooter type player? You know, do they look to get more of a pure point and, and thus allowing them to play holiday off, off ball more? you know, which is kind of more of how he was used the last couple of years, even though he still put up, you know, huge assist numbers, he wasn't, you know, as much of the primary ball handler. So, um, so yeah, uh, you know, the, the off seasons are all about being nimble and agile and adapting and taking chances when you see him. And obviously, um, you know, John Horst and company are, uh, all eyes are on them to see what they're going to do next. By the way, Speaking of which, you, you mentioned kind of the craziest. I, I would say this is the craziest week we've had since we started podcasting together. I would say the craziest, most mind-melting uh, weeks of, uh, of of my time on this podcast period would have been, I guess, what, 2017 um, during the GM hiring saga. Huh. Um, I mean, Eric and I just like, would just get on. I, I I can just remember like traveling for work and having these just like confused conversations about what the hell is going on with the Bucks and what are they doing um, with that that GM search. <laughs> um, that was just very very bizarre. Um, so that's that'll still go down as the, the most bizarre thing. Which by the way, I'm sure Wes Eden still thinks that you know he totally nailed that that process. But <laughs> uh, yeah, not so much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for John Horst as a Bucks fan, obviously, but um, this week has been uh, one of the stranger ones you can, you can imagine happening. And um, yeah, I hope the Bucks are up to, uh, up to rebound from, from these, this past bizarre 24 or 48 hours. I just would really love to know what has been going on behind the scenes in regards to uh, John Horst and how he's been feeling this week because uh, we had the media availability and the press conference on the morning of the Drew Holiday trade and Bogdan Bogdanovich. I can't even think about what day that was right now, but we had that media availability and, and I commented to a couple of people after. I'm like, my goodness, John Horse looks like he's in a good mood. He was smiling and laughing and just very, very happy guy. Uh, and of course, hours later, all this came out and I said, well, that makes sense. I'd be pretty damn happy too. If you've got those two guys and there's some sort of a Giannis agreement in there as well, I, I wonder what the last couple of days like have been for him. And as you pointed to, I wonder what the plan B is. And uh, I imagine it's been a pretty stressful day for those guys, but the, the pressure is on. Like you said, the time is now. There is no time to mess around. I, I think we should acknowledge that, again, Drew Holiday is a fantastic addition to this team. Drew, uh, Chris Milton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez uh, are a fantastic four, but now you need to uh, try and, and figure out what's going on with the rest of the roster. And I'm not going to go out here and, and make any predictions because that would just be ridiculous at this point. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to go down that path because anything could happen. It's just unfortunate. If none of this came out and Bogdanovich was just this, 
oh man, it would be nice to have Bogdanovich. The Bucks are linked to him in a sign and trade. Oh, that sounds lovely. Uh, you would be disappointed, but you'd say, well, it was likely never going to happen. What are you going to give up? To DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson and Ersan? That's not going to get you Bogdanovich. The fact that it was reported now and you had a 24-hour period of, of actually believing that he was going to be a Buck makes this all the more uh, disappointing and, and probably hard to take. But I, I, again, as you pointed to, it's still, if they... Uh, if they get this uh, trade official with Drew Holiday. I think you still have to look at the team and, and at least feel very positive about that acquisition. Uh, but we're going to see what happens. Uh, well, we're, we're Bucks fans. I mean, you're talking to Bucks fans, so do not do not assume that anybody's going to. No. Well, but and I get it. I, I mean, I trust me. I've been cracking a few jokes on the timeline today, and I, I know that that's probably annoyed a few people. But I got to tell you, I mean, if I can't joke right now about this, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. I, I don't know what else to do. It has been a, just a, a mind-blowing a couple, of, a couple of days here, and I, I don't know what else to do. So if I'm going to tweet out the DiVincenzo meme, uh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's a good meme. It's a good meme. Um, yeah, and I mean, you feel, for, um, you feel for Dante and DJ, right? Absolutely. I mean, they got the roller coaster. Actually, I don't feel for them too badly because they thought they were going to Sacramento. And now they well, DJ thought stay. he was going home. His family has got it right Oh, yeah, now. that's true. Yeah, he's, that's Sacramento. But, um, but the flip side is, I mean, the, I mean DJ's not going to play in Sacramento with some of the – I mean, well, I guess Marvin Bagley's always hurt, but – um, but he actually probably has a, I mean, look at the Bucks roster. <laughs> right <now. Like laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Uh, if, if he, if he does end up sticking around on this, on this roster, um, it will be interesting to see, you know, the, the lengths to which, um, Bud, uh, avoids uh, playing him this year. Cause, uh, he, again, Ursan's gone. Marvin's gone. Um, obviously you've got the MVP at your position, but, um, who knows? Let's let's not talk about hope for DJ Wilson um, because <laughs> you know we know what happens when that is. When when we're the harshest on DJ Wilson, that's when he actually um, surprises you and, and actually you know did did something. So uh, so we'll see. By the way, um, I know Jordan Tresky, our our friend from behind the buck pass, has been eagerly trying to uh, awaiting this here if Sterling Brown's qualifying offer was extended to make him a restricted free agent. I don't. Um, I, don't, I still don't know that we've seen that as of 11 p.m. Central Time on Thursday, um, which is an interesting. I think it's. I think it's. I think is it Friday is the deadline, maybe, um, or maybe it was today. Um, but uh, it's an interesting situation because I mean I think his qualifying offer is a little over two million, yeah. um, meaning that you know he could just basically take that and have a one-year deal with the Bucks. Um, you know, his the minimum would be uh, you know again from the Bucks cap perspective be at 1.6. I think you get a little bit more than that. Um, you get a little bit more than that if he, if he signed as a minimum guy. But uh, so again, like it's really not <laughs> like if you don't give him the qualifying offer, it's a very clear statement of like, yeah, we'd rather save, you know, $400,000 uh, of, of potential like, you know, hard cap type type room, um, which isn't crazy, but you know, let's just say it would say that the, the bucks are not very big fans of Sterling Brown's future, but I, you know, especially right now, I mean, Sterling, Pat, um, so Lester's at West because he'll actually probably get you know some offers, but Pat and Sterling. I mean, I, I would be very, I would be very surprised if Pat Connaughton doesn't come back at this point. I'm sure Pat really wants to come back. He's doing a lot of stuff in Milwaukee. You know, he's really involved in the community, and obviously he's played a lot here. Um, 
So I don't know if, if people were, were not uh, fans of, of Pat Connaughton, um, you know, well, this is a warning, I guess for you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, he may be back as well. So, so we'll see, but a lot of roster spots to fill. Whatever happens, um, I'm going down with this ship. If it's going down, uh, I'm going down with it. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to see what plays out here. I'm going to hope for the best. Uh, like you said, if you if you have an interest in the Bucks, it's not always good to have hope, but uh, that's, that's you, you gotta you gotta still stay optimistic. I have no idea. It's it's going to be some really strange faces on the Bucks this season, Frank. But uh, like you said, I think we could probably just keep going and going and going for a couple of hours here, but. I don't know what's going to happen on the weekend. Uh, typically, we don't podcast on the weekend, but if there's any uh, major free agent news on the weekend, I'll certainly jump on and run a podcast uh, to talk through that. Frank, uh, always a pleasure. And uh, like I said, oddly enough, we're kind of in the same position we were a couple of days ago. Drew Holiday to the Bucks. How good is that? Yeah, we, we, we recorded that emergency podcast at just the right time, I guess. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, Strange days. Strange, strange days. All right, free agency, as I said, 6 p.m. Eastern time Friday, that begins. Uh, there'll be a lot of deals that are magically uh, organized within the first 60 seconds of free agency. These teams will talk for the first time and, and get these deals done, which is, which is quite incredible. It happens every year in free agency. It's the magic of the NBA. But we'll be back to update whatever the Bucks do in that period. For Frank and myself, uh, please, please. Try stay positive out there, Bucks fans. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.